Hey friends, welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm a speaker, author, and life coach. Some weeks I share what God is teaching me, and other times I invite a friend to join me on the podcast and we chat about what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Here we go. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. I'm so glad you're here. I hear from so many of you who have enjoyed the guests on the show, and my prayer is that you're encouraged in your faith, grow in understanding in how God loves you, and so that you can love others well. My prayer is that it's a space for you to hear God as He speaks to you through my guests. God speaks to me in so many ways. Sometimes it's convicting or encouraging or planting a message in a seed form that I need for later. A few years ago, I went to see Cinderella at the movie theater, but I wasn't prepared for that scene where her mother was dying and shared the words of wisdom that would help her survive the difficult years ahead. Have courage and be kind. Five simple words that built a foundation for how to endure trials that reflected her mother's heart. I've needed those words so many times since then, It's as if God spoke through the writers at Disney, so I'd remember that it takes courage to be kind sometimes. Since then, kindness is a big deal to me. I want to be known as someone who loves well, and I think that kindness reveals the heart of the Father to those who expect to be hurt, rejected, abandoned, yelled at, the list goes on. But kindness is the gift that we can give others who won't let us outright love them. Before I share more about our guests today, I'd like to invite you to help me reach others through this podcast. If you leave a review or share it with a friend who needs it, I'd be so grateful. It helps others who are looking for content like this find it organically, you know, algorithms and all of that. So thank you so much for your kindness. (laughs) Yeah, I did that. Anyways. Okay, so you really came here today to listen to my guest. Um, I mean, guests. Yes, we are going to have a conversation with a couple of amazing women today. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down and enjoy it like you're watching The View. Kristen, Kendra, and Julie are three friends whose lives are intertwined as writers, speakers, wives, moms, and world changers. They believe in the immense power of authentic community and of intentionally living one's faith out loud through simple acts of kindness. They are authors of the series of books on kindness, generosity, failure, struggle, loss, and longing for true friendship with an unwavering desire to live intentionally through it all. These powerful women invite others into the conversation through what they call the Ruth Experience, a growing online community of women looking for good friends. It's where women go to share their real and raw stories, gain encouragement, and find belonging. I have a feeling so many of you that are listening to this are saying, Amen. How can you get connected to a group of women that believe kindness is the key to thriving in life? Well, let's start by asking Julie and Kendra. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Jill Monaco Show today. Hi, Jill. Thank you for having us. Yes. 
I'm so glad that you all are here, but we do need to highlight the fact that we are missing one of the three musketeers today. Yes, we are. Um, Kristen could not be here today, so she was super sad about that. But you have Julie and, and Kendra, so... Excellent. So we're we're still ahead of the games, two out of three. Yeah. Um, but hello, you know, um, we we say hi to to Kristen. We're we're missing yes. you. Yes. So um, I am so inspired by kindness, as I mentioned in the introduction, and I'm really inspired by you, ladies, because you have um, a heart to just connect with community. And so I just want to hear a little bit about you personally so people can really understand where you got this passion for women to connect and how the Ruth experience got birthed. So can you guys take turns just telling the audience a little bit about yourselves? My name is Julie. I am married to my husband, Aaron. We have two kiddos. I have a daughter who is a sixth grader. So she's in middle school this year, which has been... um, significant transition with friends. And then I have a son who is a fourth grader in elementary school this year. Oh, and are you the one when I was reading all the bios, are you the one that was an attorney? Yes, I practiced. Yes, I practiced law for 15 years. Um, I kept my license, but I stopped practicing almost three years ago. And so um, I'm loving doing other things than practicing law. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of kindness in that field. It's a difficult, it is, yes, that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A whole different podcast. Okay. Um, And this is Kendra. I am married to my husband, Kyle, for almost 15 years. It'll be 15 this spring. We have five kids. Um, They range in age from 28 down to five. And um, we adopted three of our five children from foster mm. care. So that is why we have such an, a range in ages. So ladies, tell the listeners how the Ruth experience got birthed. So, <laughs> um, oh my goodness, where to start with this? Uh, so this is Kendra. Julie and I actually, we had started years ago inviting women into our home Mm -hmm. Um, to do a Bible study in a church plant that we were a part of. And we had always loved, we've always loved stories. So even in our other professions prior to being writers, we love to listen to people's stories and just found that there was power in that in sharing and um, joining with others. And so we wanted to start what we would have traditionally called like a tea and testimony night, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to update it for, you know, younger women who are kind of coming into church who really had no clue what that even meant. And so we were thinking about what should we call these evenings um, to gather women. And as we were praying, we just came across the idea of Ruth, of the book of Ruth, and how it's a story of women doing life together, um, Ruth and Naomi, and just all of the joys and trials and struggles and triumphs that they went through and how that was really what we wanted to recreate for women was this idea of the Ruth experience. And so Mm -hmm. we started having, holding these nights in our house where we would have women come and share um, their testimony, basically share their stories and just Mm -hmm. the community that was found um, through the sharing and the authenticity and coming together as women Um, was really profound. And so when we started writing together, it was almost, I want to say eight years ago now, Mm -hmm. we decided, man, we want to create an online space that's similar to that same 
feeling. And so we thought, well, let's just call this online space as well, the Ruth experience. And so that's really how it was birthed. It came out of wanting to help women feel connected and feel like their stories mattered and that they had a place to be vulnerable and to share and to be encouraged. So that's awesome. And what did you really learn about the women's need for connection, whether it's been in person or online? What are some of the, the maybe the surprises or things you didn't expect about what women need in that area? One of the most profound things we discovered was, you know, if someone has gone through a really hard journey and has come out on the other side, there's always somebody else who's going through something similar. And so to hear from a woman who has survived and has come out victorious after maybe it's the teenage years, maybe she's just had a really hard parenting journey, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's um, marital trouble. I mean, there's just, um, there's a million things, but listening to the story of a woman who has gone ahead of you and has experienced it and has been faithful to God and has come out thriving on the other side is so hope-giving and life-giving to a woman who's still in the trenches. And so that was one of the things we discovered was we need women of all generations who speak to one another. You know, so the woman who's in her 60s who can speak to the woman in her 40s and the woman who's in her 40s who can speak to the woman in her 20s. Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes a huge difference to know somebody else has walked something similar and has made it to the other side. Yeah, that's it's so true. Like I've always wanted a mentor when I was mm-hmm. younger and, and, you know, you try the, especially as a new believer, you think the mm-hmm. pastor's wife or, you know, the, that one's the only one that can help you because you're looking for, you know, the person that you've heard from the most, you know. Yes. Um, and then, you know, of course, I realized that wasn't going to happen. And so I just started looking for women in my life. And some of my girlfriends, we were the same age, but we're all going through the same things. And so I found like, really, I've just always wanted that. Now I have that in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, oh, man, there's so much I feel like I missed out on if I would have had someone who encouraged me earlier that was a few mm-hmm. steps ahead of me. Um, and so I think we're in a this is kind of off topic. Um, I want to talk about your book, but I just feel like led by the Lord to say, like, we're in a season now where I think wherever you are at, you can mentor someone. And so yes. if we start giving away um, what, the little that we have, even if we feel like it's not enough, God will just, you know, give, repay us, so to speak, and give that back to us in, in a way that we need as well. Well, it's been, it's it's transformational for women. And you're exactly right, Jill. Um, we all have somebody we can mentor. Mm-hmm. So, and it goes yeah. both ways, right? The younger women sometimes mentor us oh my as gosh. well. Yes, I'm telling you, my niece is mentoring me in fashion right now. Okay, can exactly. I just say <laughs> she's 18 and she has some very good and firm <laughs> opinions about my clothes. <laughs> I'm like, listen, it's just about comfort, you know, right now. <laughs> but um, I'm still trying to be cute. <laughs> so, um, but on a more serious note, again, so you, we have the same literary agent, and so that's how I got to know you guys and get introduced to you. And I have not been able to look through your book yet, The Devotional 100 Days of Kindness. But I would love to know how that story, what's the story behind that and what inspired you all? So it was it was a 
blistery November afternoon seven years ago. About seven years ago, Kendra, Kristen, and I all had really small children at that time. And we were in a coffee shop lamenting the Christmas season because <laughs> we were dealing with some serious um, selfishness and really long Christmas lists. And, <laughs> you know, as young moms, we were wrestling with, and, and it is, I mean, it's something every mom, I think, deals with. It's not... It, well, it's the entire human condition, quite honestly. It's all mm-hmm. of us, not just our children. But as young moms, we were trying to figure out what, how do we sort of wrestle Christmas back from commercialism and secularism, and and how do we make faith tangible to our young children during mm-hmm. this season? And as we were visiting, we came up with this idea of doing acts of kindness during Advent. And so we did. We we called it Advent Acts of Kindness. And so for several years, we spent Advent and we um, chopped it up. So we each took it every three days. And so we do little acts of kindness. And then we put it on social media just to encourage other people to try it. And so we brought cookies to the police officers and Cam debombed cars at the mm-hmm. hospital and gave gifts to the mailman. I mean, you name it, like wrote letters to the janitors and the kids at school. We did all of these like little things where we could make kindness and faith sort of tangible for our kids. And then um, after we'd done that for a couple of years, Kristen was like, hey, let's do a year of kindness. And we were like, uh... We thought we were done. (laughs) Oh. Like December 26th and we're done. And we, yeah, so we were like, hmm, okay. So we did. So we spent that year just um, looking every day, like, what does it mean to be kind? Sending somebody words of encouragement, making somebody a meal, you know, just Mm -hmm. looking for the way God might use us in the places and the spaces that we already were, like, not adding to our to-do lists as moms, but just responding to what God put across our path. Yeah. And so that's, that was how this kindness thing was birthed. Wow. And there is always, if we're looking for, it's like whatever we look for, we'll see. If we're looking for negativity and life to be terrible, that's what we're going to see. But if we're looking for people that we can be kind to or something to do, we're going to find something to do. So God will send them to us. Yes. And what a beautiful lesson to teach your kids so early on. How is that now years later? How is it played out? Is it still something your family does or do the kids do it organically or have they just gone back to selfishness and Christmas? Well, if we're honest, it ebbs ebbs and flows, right? It does for all of us. I think, I, I think overall it has made us all in our families, not just our kids, but us as well, um, more observant to the people around us and more sensitive to noticing things that maybe we wouldn't have priorly. So, you know, mm-hmm. for example, our kids will notice the new kid at school mm-hmm. um, and invite them to sit at the, their table. Um, my daughter had a, a friend who was um, in her elementary school who was in her class who had um, Down syndrome and so was very intentional to include her um, in their playtimes and things. So just I think it's opened all of our eyes and made us more sensitive we do still actually do um, Advent acts of kindness with our kids every year. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the middle of that even right now, you know, with them coming up with ideas. I think what's neat to see is as they get older, they start to really take on causes and 
concerns that matter a lot to them, Mm -hmm. um, which is really, really neat to see. So for example, we try to do things locally. We do things within our community. We do things at a state and a national level. And then we also look at internationally kind of what are some of the concerns that are happening in the world. And so one Mm -hmm. of my son's is very passionate about clean drinking water. When he started reading about the the issues around in different places in the world and how they don't have clean drinking water, he just could not believe that um, something that for us, we just take for granted so easily other places, they just don't have it. And so anytime he can give, that's usually something that he wants to give towards. And I think clean drinking water is great, but it really wasn't something that you know, I had been prior to him really, really passionate about. And so it's been fun for us to see our kids grasp onto things that we feel like, and we'll tell them like, God has placed that on your heart. That's given to you from God so that they start to make that connection. Oh, wow. You know, it's not just me. This is actually from, from God. So Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important thing because there are times where I feel compassion for someone that you know, is maybe a mean person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not me because I would be like, yeah, I'm just going to avoid you. But like you feel that. And even in scripture, it says that before Jesus healed, it said that he felt compassion on them. And when I read that, I thought, you know, that sounds like a sign of something I should pay attention to. And then out of that compassion, then he was, he, you know, they would be healed. And, and so the result of, that following what the Lord is putting in our heart will always be something that is from his hands, you know, okay. and okay. Um, we just get to be the go-between, which is so much fun. It yes. is. Yes. That's awesome. What can people um, expect when they get this? How will they be challenged or what will they get out of it? So it's a um, hundred days. So there's, there's, it always starts with the Bible verse, a scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, then it has a little story so some way that something that our family experienced or we experienced or somebody else we know experienced um, with application of that scripture into real life, like modern life. Mm-hmm. And then it has a challenge at the bottom. So there's a daily act of kindness and we give you a very specific challenge. I know one woman, um, she and her husband would read it every they would read it every day and they would follow like that exact challenge. So whatever wow. challenge we laid out, <laughs> they would do that exact thing. And you certainly don't. I mean, so I was like, whoa, that's dedication. <laughs> um, it's more just to challenge you to open your eyes and to mm. look around on a daily basis. I mean, I don't think we're requiring you to do the specific act, but mm-hmm. it's just to get the creative juices flowing and getting you to think about like what God might be sending across your path. Yeah. That is so important. We have to see what God is already doing. And then we join him in that. Like we can come up with our own ideas. He's happy when we're kind or generous to anyone, but to do it where he's already working, like that's so much fun, right? Yes. 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 So y'all have been creative enough to come up with another book, which I think goes right along with your Ruth experience that is coming out later in 2020. Can you share with the audience about that? Sure. So we're very excited. We we actually love writing devotionals. Um, before we wrote the 365 on kindness, we had self-published a couple of devotionals. And so that's really been kind of our heart. 
and a lot of our writing. And so we approached our publisher and asked if we could do another 365 day um, devotional and really felt strongly about this idea of friendship. Um, and, and like we've been talking about women in community. And so we have a book that will be coming out in the fall um, called 365 Daily Acts of Friendship. And so it'll be similar to the kindness book in that it will have a scripture, a story, and then an act of friendship that you can do that day. So we love scripture, but we also love to make things really practical for our lives um, now. And so that's kind of our heart behind it. Um, we feel so strongly about this project. We cover all kinds of topics and um, things that happen in relationships on the friendship level. And friendship doesn't just include, you know, with other women, but coworkers and spouses and children and, you know, basically every relationship that we have. So um, that's coming up. Yeah, yourself with God, you know, a friendship with God, we cover even that. And so yeah. that will be coming out this fall. Along with that, we also have turned in a hundred day manuscript um, for tween girls that will be on friendship as well. Because we realized as we were writing this that many of the, you know, joys and, and struggles that we have as women in friendships started usually in those kind of those preteen, those middle teen school years. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, my goodness, wouldn't it be great if we could have a tool for um, girls to kind of navigate friendship early on? And so that will be coming out. We're not sure when that will be coming out, but um, that, that we have turned in as well. So, yeah, that's so important. You're right. Most of my insecurities came from mean girls, you know? Um, yes. and it's almost like if you weren't a victim of mean girls, you were a mean girl. So, you know, maybe in a way it saved me from actually being a mean girl. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm sure I wasn't perfect either. There were people that probably thought I wasn't very nice, but, um, but maybe not. I really tried to be nice. And I didn't understand until I got older that people that weren't good at developing friendships or weren't, weren't nice, that they had stuff going on at home or in their own hearts that they didn't know how to reconcile. And so it feels powerful to be mean because you're in right. control and people submit to you. And a lot of times people see God that way, too. And, mm -hmm. and so I love that you're talking about friendship with God and each other. And, and we have to heal from some of those childhood wounds, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and ask maybe for forgiveness from God, right? For some yeah. of the things maybe we have intentionally or even unintentionally done that have been hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And sometimes it takes the conviction too. like, God, is there anything that I have that I've done today? Like I've, gotten in that habit and then I've gotten out of the habit of going to bed and saying, what do you think about my day? Like, how did I use the time you gave me? Is there anyone that I need to forgive? And is there anyone that I need to go back and maybe clarify that or, you know, fix that mm -hmm. or apologize? And just kind of reviewing, you know, how he sees my day has helped me develop better and be better, be a better friend and develop better relationships. People are often surprised when I double back and go, I said that, did that bother you? Cause I yeah. just thought like, mm, maybe, you know, you didn't say anything, but when I thought about it, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. And most of the time people go, Oh no, no, it's okay. But 
you know, I think just doubling back in friendship, it's just like we do with God. Yeah. Yeah. God, what do you think about this? So I really like that. Super powerful. So friendships. So I would love to know, as you're in the process of writing this next book, often we end up going through the very thing we're writing about. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I would love to know, what is God teaching each of you in this season, you know, not even collectively for a book, but just in your own hearts with him? Yeah, I think one thing that God has been teaching me as we've been writing this book and and really kind of challenging me um, in the best way is to keep my circles open Mm -hmm. with others. Um, I'm from Minnesota. And so I grew up in a small town that was basically everyone looked like me, you know, middle-class white. And we now live in a community um, that's very diverse. And if I'm honest, at first, it it was a little bit scary to me. And God has been kind of challenging me on um, my ideas about other people and getting to know other people and really kind of solidifying in my mind the idea that everyone, every person is made in the image of God and has value. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's been stepping outside of what feels comfortable and inviting people in to my life and my family who um, outwardly appear may appear very different from Mm -hmm. who we are. For example, we moved into a new neighborhood about two and a half years ago. And right behind us, there was a house um, with some college boys living in it, young men, Mm -hmm. and they were from Saudi Arabia. And Mm -hmm. my husband invited them over for dinner one night. And I was so nervous because I thought, my goodness, first of all, they're from a different country, but also they're college kids. Like, what are they going to, you know, what are we going to have in common with our family? And they came over and um, we had the best time with them. They are the sweetest guys. And since then we have created quite a relationship. They come over often, they come over for holidays and things. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I hadn't thought about um, that God kind of really showed me afterwards was they, they were missing their families. Mm -hmm. They're here as college students. They're from another country. And they wanted to spend time with us because we were a family and they were missing that kind of a connection, you know, and I just thought, my goodness, what would we have missed if we would not have been willing to open up our doors to somebody who on the surface appears so different, but we actually have quite a lot in common with. Um, So that's one way in the last, I would say, in the last couple of years that God has really been challenging me and growing me is just seeing the value um, in every person that I come across and that people are made in the image of God, no matter where they're from or who they are. So that's awesome. That's, you know, as a single person, I had people ask me, married people and families, well, I'm sure you don't want to hang out with our family. I'm like, yes, I do. Like 4th of July is boring by myself. I would love to hang out with your kids and watch them be so excited about the fireworks, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful that you did that. And are they, um, are they like almost done with college? Like, what do you anticipate that connection being once they're done and moving on? Well, they're all in different spaces. So a couple of them have actually already gone back to Saudi Arabia. The, Mm -hmm. The nice thing with things like social media nowadays is that we're actually able to keep in contact still. Um, And so um, several of them are still here, but some have gone back um, to Saudi Arabia. So we Mm -hmm. are still able to keep a connection. They tell us too that, you know, we're welcome to go and visit them anytime as well, which my children just 
absolutely love. Right. Um, so, and that's one of the other really neat benefits of how God's been growing my husband and I in the last couple of years is that we have now noticed how much easier our children just come by it naturally to mm-hmm. kind of open their hearts up to people. Um, I'm like, wow, they are not going to have the same struggles, hopefully, that we have had. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And now that was Kendra talking, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. All right. Good. I'm getting to know the voices. All right. So, Julie, what about you? You know, I, I could say the same thing as Kendra, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Um, my daughter is in sixth grade this year, and the last couple of years were really tough for her friend-wise. Um, she's in an immersion program, and so her class is very, very small. And they started acting, as they got older, more like siblings than they did like classmates. And so they all knew which buttons to push mm-hmm. <laughs> on one another. And and I was a bit unprepared for girl drama starting probably third grade, fourth grade. Um, since then, I've talked to lots of other moms, and that seems to be kind of the point in which a lot of it starts. Um, and so our family has had lots of conversations about what healthy friendship looks like, what unhealthy friendship look like looks like, just very clearly identifying patterns of relationships for our children in ways that I love my mom and dad very, very much, but they didn't like specifically teach me about friendship. I feel like I learned how to do friendship by trial and error. Mm -hmm. And my family has become, my husband and I both have become very, very intentional about teaching our kids friendship. And so that means conflict, like healthy conflict. What does it mean? What does it mean to be in a disagreement with somebody and do it in a healthy manner. And so we have lots of conversations about healthy conflict, both in the way that he and I model it, but then even like picking it apart for our kids and saying, well, did, do you ever see dad and I call one another names? Do you ever see dad and I? And just identifying both the good and the bad when we're seeing it either on TV or yeah. amongst their friends, just being so intentional about calling things out for our kids, especially around social media. Um, I've discovered that young people do conflict over text messaging, which is just about the worst possible way to handle conflict because there's no voice inflection. There's no body language. I think written communication is like 15% of what we rely on when we're trying to read a situation Mm-hmm. almost all of its nonverbals. And then of course it's our voices. Right. Um, so I guess that's what, that is where we have been landing as a family these last couple of years as we've been writing the kindness book, but then also this friendship book is I need to show my kids in this generation very explicitly how to do friendship different than maybe the way I was raised. That's such a good point. I remember a couple of years ago, my niece and I were out shopping and I don't remember how old she would have been. Maybe she was 13. And she had a friend. There was a misunderstanding going on in text. And so she had to stop to text her friend. And I said, you know, why don't you just call her? And she looked at me with these huge eyes like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I said, are you? Afraid? You're laughing because you know what I'm, what I'm saying. Like, yes, yes, our generation is like, well, it's mean to write to text back. And fast forward to Thanksgiving this year, we were having that that came up as we were all playing cards. And she and her sister were like 
it is rude to call someone. That's too aggressive. It's too in your face. That's shown as a sign of aggression. And But texting is how they do it. So their world is like, this is the polite way. In our world, that's the rude way is to write it. And so I'm glad you brought this up because I think adults are falling into this. Like Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to have your say or even to apologize through a text um, Mm -hmm. instead of call or, you know, meet in person or what have. It's easier. It's quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it doesn't create connection because God doesn't text message us. You know, all right, we do have his written word. All right, so that's different. However, (laughs) it's supernaturally anointed, right? Right, Um, right. And, but I do think there's something about the way that we do friendship with each other or teach our kids, or in my case, my nieces, how to do that has to reflect the way that God does it with us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think as adults, I'm just going back to that, like, I have got to be intentional about staying connected with people other than social media and text message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes more time, but that's it's okay. far. It, and have you noticed, I mean, there are times where like, I'm, I'm supposed to go meet somebody or I need to go to a party and there's nothing I want more than to just put on my jammies mm-hmm. and not go out. And I'm a little grumbly about it. Right. Like I'm a little bit like, Oh, why did I agree to this? <laughs> but then I go and I'm so blessed by it and I have mm-hmm. such a fun time and I feel so connected. And afterwards, I always have to apologize to God and be like, I am so sorry I got a little grumbly. That was so good for my soul to be yeah. one-on-one in the company of others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is because we are online and we are pouring out and we have people pulling on us, you know. And we do want to just stay comfy. However, mm-hmm. that isn't, I mean, it is connection. I met you guys through online. You know, we do mm-hmm. develop mm-hmm. those. But in real life, <laughs> you know, in our everyday life, we need physical touch. Yeah. We need smile. We need that personal interaction. Um, so it does feel different. And I'm with you. I'm an introvert. So let me tell you, I can be home all day. Like I heard someone say, you need 20 meaningful touches a day. I started laughing. I'm like, I might get that a month. I'm single and I work at a computer in ministry by myself, you know. Um, And so I went to a conference last weekend and I I was speaking to a group um, of singles and the the guys would like, you know, and girls would come up and give me a hug. And I like would give them real hugs. And, you know, one sweet man, I was just like, you know, thank you for that hug yesterday. Can I have another? And I think he was a little like, oh, you know, maybe I wasn't as churchy as I should have been. But like, we need those those acts of kindness. We need those friendships. We need that real connection. Um, I had such a good, I got so many hugs. I was like, I'm getting, they don't know this, but I'm like, I'm getting filled up. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so good. Um, where do you think that, and this question is for either one of you, But what do you think God is trying to teach the body of Christ on this topic? We've been talking about kindness and connection and relationships and friendship. What do you think is God's heart for us, say, in the next year, if we all had his heart to go after one thing in this year, in this area, what do you think that would be? I'll be the brave one to say it. I think he is calling us to unity. And that doesn't mean uniformity. And that doesn't mean we all have to think exactly the same or look the same or believe 
some of the less important things exactly the same. But I think we have to be fully for one another mm. and encouraging to one another and fierce defenders, um, especially of the women around us versus tearing down. I think um, our culture right now, it's an outrage culture. I heard a very interesting podcast talking about it being an outrage culture where um, the things that get attention are um, when you're angry and yelling and mm. verbally very aggressive about things. And I think we need to respond in a different way. I um, Kindness is amazing. And simply loving another person right where they're at, I can't tell you how that softens hearts and allows you then to have conversations about Jesus. Yeah. If we practice, and that's not glamorous and that's not easy. It's often hard and frustrating and um, scary and out of our comfort zones. But when I read about Jesus, I, that's what I see is how he, that's how he approached um, the world, not from like this super powerful position of, um, but very much coming alongside and yeah. kind of wrapping people, you know, wrapping an arm around somebody and saying, why don't you come with me? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel at least that's where I feel I'm being called to. And that's what my family is being called to is to look different from what the culture looks like to the point where people say, what is it that you have? Yeah. And I want it. And can I come and hang out with you and see what this looks like? Yeah. It's the unconditional love, right? You can be however you are in God's presence. You can be a mess. You can be upset and angry. You can be full of self-pity or accusing other people. It doesn't matter. God's still like, come, come to me, spend time with me. And what would happen if we, the church, did the same thing? Um, I think the challenge then is we don't want to give a platform for like what you're saying, all that anger and stuff. But in the presence of love himself, I don't like I might feel complaining and go to him and tell him, but then he loves me so well that all that just melts away. So yeah. how can we be like Jesus where when people come to us with their junk and we fully accept them, that they feel so loved that they don't, that that stuff that has been hurtful to them just washes away, right? Right. right. I don't have the answer. If you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you've got ideas, <laughs> please yeah. comment below. Please let yes. us know because yes. that, that's going to be their next book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, we're doing research ahead of time. <laughs> How can we be like Jesus? Uh, you know, 365 days of looking like Jesus. Okay. Yeah. You can give me a commission later. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've talked about some beautiful things, some heavy things. Um, but I I've enjoyed our conversation and and that you were able to join me today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having us, Jill. It's awesome. All right. Well, friends, thank you for listening to The Jill Monaco Show. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you have, there's a few things I would love for you to do. One would be rate it and review it. I know people ask that. It takes an extra step. But really, if you do it, there might be some people out there looking for how to be encouraged in kindness and friendship, and that would help them. And also, if you would like to learn more about the Ruth experience or any of the books that Kristen, Kendra, and Julie have written, I will link all of that in the show notes of this podcast or on my website at jillmonaco.com so that you can get in connection with them. So you can find out more about them at theruthexperience.com or on Facebook and Instagram too. 
Again, thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, love well, you were made for it.